It's your Locked On Flyers podcast for Friday, October 28th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that is thinking maybe a few more kids are going to dress up as Carter Hart for Halloween this year. I would if I were a kid. No, he played another good one this time. We'll talk about it all on today's show. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here with Russ Cohen, who once again is coming to us from the Wells Fargo Center uh, secret hiding spot. Uh, He's on Twitter at Sportsology. Thanks for making us your first listen today. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Lockdown Flyers. That's where you'll keep up to date on our episodes and Flyers news. You can email the show at lockdownflyers at gmail. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. We are going to talk about that four to three victory over the Florida Panthers last night. Then we are going to get into the waiver pickup of Kiefer Bellows, plus some clips from a season ticket holder event where Tortorella had some really interesting things to say and how the Kiefer Bellows pickup ties into that. And we'll preview this weekend's matchup against the Carolina Hurricanes. Locked on Flyers is free and available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you are listening. So subscribe. You'll get all of our episodes here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Plus, we're over on YouTube. So subscribe there as well. Russ, man, Carter Hart did it again, saved the Flyers bacon. He was incredible. It was funny because I want to say with like five minutes to go in the first period, I already told people sitting near me, he's going to have to make 45 saves tonight. Like, there's no question about it in my mind. And he did better than that. Uh, Uh, 47 it was, right? Yeah. It's not ideal. Uh, They took 80 shots. The uh, Well, they took more probably, but 30 were blocked. So, again, John Tortorella cannot be happy with this game because they played a lot of it in their own end. you know, Bob was, was good for some and bad for others. The Flyers' effort was there, that which is great. You know, that's what you want to see. But they, this is not sustainable. No, I think that is a huge part of it. But I think that I'm not going to complain about Carter Hart playing really well. And no. But I, I do agree with you that, you know, if you're going to have to block 32 shots in a game, there's a, there is a problem there. And again, you know, we've talked about the concern in terms of injury uh, and in terms of just durability of the players. But uh, I do want to talk about a few things that we mentioned in our preview of last night's game. And we were a little concerned about Scott Lawton's usage and did he belong on the power play Uh, He was taking JVR's place net front, and lo and behold, he scored on the Flyers' first power play in that net front position. It's funny. I called for that. I actually said it was going to happen, but I also said he's going to get way too many minutes, and with about three minutes to go in the game, he was over 21 and a half minutes. So, like, this is a lot. It's a lot for all these Mm -hmm. guys. 
like Carter Hart was really hydrating in the uh, in the locker room after that game. Like he was legit tired. Like again, it's it's great that they're getting the wins they didn't get last year, but you do have to start to do it a different way because the season will start to eat you up when you have to do this night in night out. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I do want to talk about that top line as well. Hayes centering Farabee and Konechny. They were all over the place. I thought they played really well, obviously a huge part of the scoring in Mm -hmm. this one. And, you know, considering all the injuries that the Flyers have, they really only have one solid top line out there and this is it. And for them to come through, I think was a good sign. Yeah, no question. They they really came through. It was interesting on that first goal, um, you know, that there was a hand pass in the flyer zone. And if Florida would have touched it, they would have called the play dead and they wouldn't have gotten that great goal because, you know, then there was like three passes after that. But nobody on Florida thought about that. I sit next to a referee and we both thought about that. But give the Flyers credit. They pounced on it. They made a great play. They got that goal. Uh, that line had a lot of jumps. It did. And again, you know, two thirds of it got benched. So they they talked about it even today. Kevin Hayes talked about it. And he basically said, you have to give this kind of effort or you're not going to play. And it's like, you know, like I said, there's good and bad to that. But I liked what I saw out of them. And, you know, that, that helped get the win. Yeah, I think, you know, on the flip side of that, Allison and Frost, I think, spent a lot of time on the bench in this one. And then Morgan Frost comes out and immediately gets that penalty. penalty. Uh, yeah. I'm a little nervous for them. <laughs> I am too. But again, you know, I, I, I tweeted to somebody. I'm like, they're going to run out of players. There's just not going to be enough players to be able to sustain this. Hey, you can't make a mistake or not play my way kind of thing. So something's going to have to give there because they don't have unlimited resources for calling up players. Right. Yeah, I think, you know, the waiver wire also <laughs> isn't right. going to help you all season long either. Uh, there was one other thing we talked about on yesterday's show, and that was being really selective in fighting or roughing because we wanted the Flyers to stay out of the penalty box because the Panthers were going to be hungry on the power play to redeem themselves because it's been atrocious for them so yeah. far. And the Panthers did score a power play goal to break their streak. Uh, on that costly penalty from Sedlak at the end of the second that carried over into the third period. Uh, That's what made it 4-3 and what made the whole rest of the game so nerve-wracking. Yeah, no question. It was an ill-timed penalty for sure. It was lazy. Um, Yeah, that was one that I'm sure the coach didn't like. But they have to watch the the after-the-whistle stuff too because we were all amazed that Moore wasn't called. Like Tony D'Angelo had Hornquist by the throat until they moved his – arm you know his hand away and and he kept yapping away like again it's one thing to play intense but you can't keep doing that game after game because you're going to start to get called for stuff like that yeah I thought it was interesting that the one he did get called on I didn't think was that bad and then he didn't get called later in the game on other things it was I know I think weird they had a hard time containing this game we actually were surprised that they were letting as much go from both sides but you know they did so the way it is uh, another thing I want to point out is Owen Tippett. You could tell he wanted that revenge goal so bad. I thought he had a, a pretty solid game overall for his first game back. I thought he was being pretty aggressive, but not crossing the line too much. And uh, he was shooting every opportunity he could. But what do you think about his return? 
he had a good game. I mean, he had a point. Uh, I still need to see him score, especially if he's going to get that much power play time. But, you know, it's his first game back. So you're right. He's playing against his old team. You know, definitely a, a, a good effort for sure. And what do you think of Risto's return? I mean, Risto was good. The, you know, the one interference call, fine. I mean, what are you going to do about that? But but I, I thought Risto was fine. But again, it was hard to get a gauge on the Flyers because of the 7D. I don't think the 7D helped them tonight. I don't. No, I think it created a little bit of chaos out there in terms of knowing what to do to clear the zone. I, th- I think it really affected their breakout. Um, and of course, the Flyers struggled mightily in this game in terms of getting the puck out of their own zone, especially at the end yeah. and um, a little discombobulated there. So I'm not sure I would do the 70 again or if if they do have a more cohesive plan for it um, and have one guy have severely limited uh, ice time. But it's kind of a weird mix of really good stuff in this game, but a lot of getting hemmed in the zone. Right. Yeah. You you have to point out the good and then you have to look at, well, they can't keep up doing the bad or it's going to cost them right now. They did, they did get away with it. They skirted it. Do I expect Carter Hart to have like a 945 save percentage all year? No, I don't. And so that's where you hope at some point some of the system work comes through. But again, I think what they'll do next game is I think Bellows, as long as he practices, uh, he'll play. And so I think that's how they'll solve that problem for now. But there's probably just another one or Lusinski will be back, right? It'll be one or the other. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's how they'll get around that. But, you know, in the end, a win's a win, but there's not one person I've spoken to that feels like even they have like are a real five and two team where you'd be like, okay, yeah, you know, we have a chance to do great things here. Like everybody sort of like understands what they're watching. Yeah, the Boston Bruins, we are not, but still a fun win nonetheless. And uh, hopefully it continues um, without Carter Hart having to do such heroic things. All right, we are going to switch gears. We are going to talk about Kiefer Bellows, who you just mentioned, and get to those clips of John Tortorella at the season ticker holder event. Very interesting stuff there. But first, I want to talk to you about Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for betting football and the start of the new basketball season. You can find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth analysis on every game. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all of your sports wagering information. They've got live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including the World Series, Go Phillies, MMA, boxing, golf, and of course, the NHL. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. Check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports today, available on this app, YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts. 
Russ, the Philadelphia Flyers made another waivers claim, Kiefer Bellows of the New York Islanders. And I think Bellows, the main thing about him is that he's a shooter and has a lot of skills, but just hasn't been able to put it together, especially away from the puck and was really an odd man out for the Islanders. Thus, they put him on waivers. Now he's a flyer. What's your first thought? Yeah, my first thought is, They've got a lot of left wingers, and maybe they're going to convert one of them to right wing. That's the first thought. Uh, second thought is he's not a sniper. People are calling him like a sniper. Like, that was a long time ago. He's not a sniper, but he does have a good shot. He does play hard in the corners. His skating is much better. He does have too many turnovers, and he does still need to work on his defensive game. So those are the you know, the ups and the downs of them. The Islanders never gave him a real chance. Like, I know they gave him, like, 30-something games last year, and he did have six goals and, like, I don't know, 20 points or something, 18 points. But um, but this year they gave him one game, right? And so right. I think if the Flyers let him play and don't interrupt him and don't, like, play him for two, scratch him, whatever, or play him for three and decide you don't love what he's doing and send him down, I think if they give him a legit chance, he can – he could earn a role on the team, but if they're looking for like instant flash substance, I don't know. I don't know if it's going to work on that in that regard. Yeah. I think, you know, some people are saying, Oh, this is redemption for that 2016 draft where the Islanders picked him. Let me say next. something right. Here, Cause it's, it, this is the most ludicrous yeah. thing I know. I've, I've I know. ever heard anybody saying, I heard it twice today and I had to restrain myself because German Rupstop was a very talented player. He was a really good player. He was the star of the world junior team for Russia until he got hurt. And and that and I he sat next to me after he got hurt. That kid had a lot of talent. That kid had shoulder injuries and other things occur. This was not like a bad pick, like, oh, he couldn't play hockey. This was one of those situations where, hey, injuries just overtook him and shortened his career. But he had a lot of talent. I'm telling you that. Yeah, I agree with you there. You can't go back and second guess like that in these circumstances. But speaking of Kiefer Bellows and picking guys up off waivers, uh, John Tortorella appeared at a season ticket holder event recently, and he was asked a lot of questions by Steve Coates, who was the moderator, and uh, season ticket holders who were there. My mother was there. So this is audio that my mom (laughs) recorded at the event and so apologies it's a little uh staticky but uh we'll put a transcript of what tortorella is saying in the comments so you can read them there as well and this first one is he's talking about playing the kids and uh as opposed to picking up veterans off waivers it's very interesting I had a conversation today, and also with the, as far as the manager part of it, I'm not sure about Coots. I'm not sure if he's coming back. I'm not sure about Cam. I'm not sure if he's coming back. Ryan, it's very doubtful. Ryan, it's very doubtful. Now when it was James, he's probably out, I would say, he gets operated on Friday. He's probably four or six weeks. What I don't want to happen here, and some of you may agree or disagree, I no disrespect, I really don't care we disagree. I, I, think, I think we have to not plug up those holes by going on the waiver wire and picking out someone else's garbage that they're letting go 
I'd rather develop the kids, that the kids keep on playing, bring in other kids that maybe shouldn't be here at this point in time, and continue with that process to see what we have. And, and then we can start weeding people up. I, I don't think it's about bringing in crusty veterans that were really good a while back and towards the end of their career that really no one wants, and then us bring them here. I, I, I just don't think that's a proper way. And, uh, does it, does it uh, kind of blow you out of the water? Well, aren't you going for the playoffs? So I'm not going for nothing. I'm going for each and every day for us to be the best we can be. And you have to build this team with a foundation that can be successful with you first, and then you bring in those solid free agents. How long it takes? I may not even be here. <laughs> So he doesn't want to pick up crusty old guys. He doesn't want to solve problems with the waiver wires. You know, he wants to build a foundation from within with the youth. Chuck Fletcher seems to be doing the opposite with two waiver wire pickups so far. Now there is one older-ish guy at 29, Sedlak. Uh, Kiefer Bellows is 24, I believe. Mm -hmm. So uh, what do you think? about the difference in terms of what Chuck Fletcher has done versus what Tortorella wants to be done here. Yeah, I think we're still looking at the situation where they're both not on the same page. I think that's that's pretty obvious. And that doesn't mean that Bellows pickup is bad. But again, right. what I've seen happen in other sports could end up happening here. Uh, I've seen GMs in other sports pick up players and the coach not play them. And you know, we hope not to see that here, but I have to admit that possibility exists at some point if this keeps up. Yeah, it, it makes me nervous that they're definitely not on the same page here. And, you know, we again, we don't know who's right and who's wrong in this situation because it remains to be seen. You know, these guys have to get more games in. We have to see what Bellows can do. Maybe a, a change of scenery will help him. But I think that's the concern is that they're not on the same page. And if that's what Tortorella is saying in public to season ticket holders, then uh, I, I just I worry about that. Yeah, I, it's, it's a fair worry. All right. This next clip is about overall expectations for the season. But to, you're not going to get me to predict what we're going to be, uh, where our record's going to be, what the win and losing is, because uh, I just don't know. And I'm not going to lie to you. So we're we're taking it day by day. And I, I think we have, uh, to start the season, we've had a little success. I, I have to say one of the most exciting things for me, knock on wood, I don't want to jinx it, is the player of our goaltender, Kyle Hart. And, and actually, Sanchez, too. Kyle has been, uh, and he's been very good. And you're not winning anything in this league unless you have very good goaltender. I think he's given us a chance with some mistakes we make that they don't end up in the back of the net. He's played that well, and it allows our team to grow. So, uh, in, in a long-winded answer, we're going day by day, and I don't know where the hell we're going. Uh, I don't know what next week's going to look like. All the more about is tomorrow's practice. Um, if we, the, the, the one thing that I look at each and every day, are we practicing the right way? Are we being the pros that we need to be, if we concentrate on that and if we work on the effort of how we have to be, I think things fall into place. And uh, so that's how I'm going about it. 
So I think that one was pretty interesting and pretty on point relative to last night's game. Yeah, it is pretty on point. Look, it's good to to have these messages out there and for season ticket holders to feel like, okay, this is, you know, we're being heard a little bit. The only problem is this arena was more than half empty. I think he's only appealing to half of the Flyers fan base, to be honest. Well, I think he's saying exactly what his thesis is, and it's it's what we've known. And I think that he's following up his words with action in that same direction. So I like the consistency there. You know, you can agree or disagree with him, but the, the consistency is there. And that's what I appreciate. All right. One more clip about the skills and effort of the guys. What are the non-negotiables with a player outside of the player's skill? So everybody has to, no matter what the player's skill is, obviously there's some items that are basically just not non-negotiable. Yeah, the, the things you can control, quite honestly. Uh, uh, the, the conditioning level of the athlete. Uh, we we spent uh, we had a hard camp and uh, this was this was set upon them when I was hired on uh, June 16th. Uh, they were told what the camp was going to be by June 19th because I just wanted them to know that's something they can control. Uh, so the conditioning level of the athlete and just the plain simple effort that's non-negotiable because those are two things that you can control in a game that you can't control a lot of. And uh, so we're, uh, yeah, we're going to live by it. And there's going to be some bumpy roads for some players along the way, no matter, no matter what draft pick, no matter how much money, no matter who you are, whatever you may be, if, if that effort isn't there, uh, th- there's problems. It, it's just not right because you're selling your teammates short with something that you can control. And I wanted to identify with you guys, because I think this is a hard-working city, it's a straight-ahead city, and I want us to identify with you guys, and I, and I think we should. It, it, it's a great city to play for. As we see the sports town that's going on right now, I hope we're going to be part of that also. Yeah, so again, I think Torts is practicing what he preaches in, in a lot of respects, where he wants the guys to be able to control the controllable aspects of the game, and that's their individual responsibility, which is, you know, exactly what towards is on his face there's there's nothing wrong with that but these guys are going are giving the full effort and everything else and what if that turns into exhaustion in a game what are they supposed to do then he could say that they're you know great condition because he sent the letter in june and they had him there in july but at that point the summer's pretty much over for those guys the summer training and the short camp didn't necessarily get them in better shape than they were already in. So what if, like, midseason they start hitting exhaustion? What's the coach going to do then? I think it's something we're going to keep an eye on, and it's something we've talked about on the show. Uh, but it's good to see the effort there early, mm-hmm. and the motivation seems to be there, and, you know, the battle seems to be there we saw it last night and so I want to you know revisit some of what he said at the beginning of the season in this uh, maybe later on and and see where we're at and compare no that's fair um he never talks about sloppiness which is a good thing because we saw a lot of that too yeah all right well we're gonna come back and talk about the game against Carolina coming up but first I want to talk to you about Simply Safe 
The numbers don't lie. In the last decade, over 4 million people have chosen Simply Safe Home Security to protect their home. You don't earn the trust of that many people without doing something right. At Simply Safe, your safety is the only thing that matters, and that's why I have it in my apartment. It protects me with the latest in security technology. They've got 24-7 professional monitoring agents. They always have your back. And I love the advanced technology. I can control the system from my phone with their app. I can watch an HD live stream from the security cameras and see what my cat is up to. And I can monitor the sensors in every room. They even have hazard sensors that instantly detect fires, floods, and other threats to your home. So customize your perfect system in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com slash locked on NHL. You can save 20% on your Simply Safe security system when you sign up for an interactive monitoring plan and get your first month free. Visit simplysafe.com slash locked on NHL to learn more. Russ, the Carolina Hurricanes will be on the latter half of a back-to-back uh, starting against the Islanders from tonight. So luckily, we'll get to see Carolina a little bit tired. Uh, prior to that, their last three games, they lost to the Oilers in Flames, but won versus the Canucks. They're 4-1-1, one, and one, leading the division as of recording. Uh, I think the Canes are going to be a tough opponent. They are. Uh, like you said, they haven't given up many goals. They probably have the best defense in the league. Rob Brindamore has them playing a certain way always, which is tough. I could see there being um, a big issue with D'Angelo trying to maybe pump mm-hmm. it up a lot against the Canes. I also could see an issue with Tortorella getting into it verbally with Brindamore if things get really snippy in that game. So it'll be interesting. Uh, the Flyers never have an answer for Svechnikov, ever, never, ever. Uh, Aho usually gives them trouble, too. You know, they those are two guys that are trouble. Um, I think with the way they're playing now, they could keep it close for part of the game, but I think this is going to be a very hard game for the Flyers to to pull off. Yeah, you mentioned the defense, and I looked it up. Freddie Anderson has faced 25.9 shots per 60 in four games played, and prior to last night's game, Carter Hart was up at 34.3. So a huge difference in shots per game we're looking at, and I think that's going to be one of the big determining factors in this one. It will. um, Brent Burns has been an amazing addition for them. In, in the room and on the ice, he's such a well-conditioned athlete. And I think people just, because San Jose was losing the last couple of years, kind of forgot how good he is. So that's a big addition. Seth Jarvis uh, also is a tough guy to cover. They use him on the power play. He's got good slashing speed. So this is, this is a, a, a tough, tough matchup. They win, if they win this matchup cleanly, then, you know, we could say, hey, you know, there is a little bit of a difference here um, than we thought. but you know, if they drop this game, nobody's going to be surprised. Uh, the fact that they're not on a back-to-back helps them, the Flyers, that's for sure. Yeah, uh, one thing about Carolina is that uh, they're great on the face-off. They're about 55% so far this season. So I think the Flyers are going to have to recognize that they're going to lose a bunch of face-offs and be prepared for that and know how to defend against it, especially in the defensive zone when they're taking them. 
Yeah, I think that's fair because there was a point tonight, I think after two periods, where even Eric Stahl, who's 37, was at 66% for faceoffs. Yeah, so this is a, a, a definite benchmark test for the Flyers. Uh, I think one place they are going to be able to maybe get some opportunities is on special teams. Carolina isn't great on the PK or the power play. They're kind of mid-league so far yeah. on both of them. So I think if the Flyers can step it up on special teams, should the need arise, uh, that may be where they can get an angle on this one. Yeah, the Flyers' PK has been really good. The power play's been okay. Um, I still think there's a lot of improvement to be had but you're right that could be an area but this is also a situation where flyers have to play really strong five on five we will wrap up with a flyers fun thing uh, my favorite part of the throwback uh, was actually a halloween-ish part of it, the game where gritty was apparently dressed up as ben franklin in this one so i like that i like when he wears different costumes yeah, I liked when he stripped off his costume and he had the Phillies uniform on. That was good. Uh, although I got to say, they may have done overdone it on the Phillies stuff. Like, they really went way uh, overboard on it. Like, a lot of people felt like, hey, you know, a few Phillies mentions is okay. But, you know, when Gritty did it, I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. All right. That will do it for today's show and for the week. So we will be back on Monday. We will recap that game against Carolina. It'll be Monday. So we'll have our nemesis of the week. Plus it's Halloween. So we may uh, throw some Halloween content your way as well. Should be a fun one. So stay tuned. Uh, of course, we always want to hear from you. If you've got mailbag questions, you can tweet us at Lockdown Flyers. You can email us at LockdownFlyers at gmail.com, or you can comment over on YouTube. I'm Rachel, and I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ from at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. Thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen every day. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. It's available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Have a great weekend, and go Phillies in the World Series.